Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, September 15th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, a couple podcast-related announcements to uh, start the show off with before we get into the news proper. First, the second season premiere of On My Way to a BFA with Natalie Nowak will premiere in this very feed tomorrow. If you've been following along with Natalie's journey at the Hart School, she's going through her four-year journey to get her BFA in musical theater. We picked up about halfway through her freshman year. We are starting her sophomore year. Um, uh, With tomorrow's episode, she has a great interview with current uh, Finding Neverland tour star Christine Dwyer in one of those universal alpha buzz where she just shows up in whatever production they need of Wicked. Uh, so it's a great interview. She is also a Hart alum. So um, a really good interview with Natalie. And then in uh, the Some Like It pop feed, hopefully today, if not first thing Saturday, Jen and I will have our 2017 Emmy Wish, Want, and Will episode. Jen and I recorded it late on uh, Tuesday night, at least late my time, not as late her time. Um, and James, I got to tell you, you listened to our show. It was a little uncomfortable, this one, because we agreed a lot. And we try not to do that as much as humanly possible. But we agreed on a lot of our Emmy picks. So if you're looking to get into an Emmy pool, maybe listen to us. If we both agree, that means it's got to be a pretty good shot. And then speaking of the Emmys, James, uh, earlier this week, we found out that Hamilton Tony nominee Christopher Jackson will be singing the In Memoriam tribute on the Emmys this Sunday. He is obviously on the CBS show Bull and the Emmys are on CBS. They'll be hosted by Stephen Colbert. They will take place at 8 p.m. on CBS this Sunday from Los Angeles. There will be a ton of theater related presenters, a lot of them having to do something with CBS from Ian Armitage, uh, Carol Burnett, James Corden, uh, and many, many more. So watch those Emmys, listen to the podcast, have yourself a enjoyable weekend. My favorite Emmy is Emmy Rossum. Who's yours? Um, ooh, um, Emmy, I'm trying, can't think of another one. I don't know if I know any other Emmys other than the statue and Emmy Rossum, although could have done without her in the Phantom musical, but whatever. Oh, you didn't like him in uh, in Phantom? Nah, not 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 so much the singing in that one. From anybody, <laughs> even Patrick Wilson. <laughs> I tell you, Hugh Jackman, he can't sing in that Phantom movie. Well, he's he's not in that Phantom movie. Oh, there's the reason. <laughs> That's Gerard did. Butler. That's <laughs> Gerard Butler. Not not different guys. Muscular, but different guys. <laughs> no knives on his fingertips. No, but speaking of which, Emmy Rossum will be presenting at the uh, at the Emmys this weekend. That's very meta. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up, Frozen officially opens in Denver. Yes, James. Last night, the pre-Broadway tryout production of Disney's screen-to-stage adaptation of Frozen officially opened at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts. Of course, the show is based on the most successful animated movie of all time and stars Casey Levy and our own Patty Murin as Queen Elsa and Princess Anna. Disney has encouraged New York press, uh, or maybe more appropriately discouraged New York press from reviewing the show, but... I believe a certain gray lady will be publishing their review as they're want to do anyway um, sometime on Thursday night. Uh, they have not done so by the time we are recording. And as of now, there have been no reviews released. Granted, 
Denver is a couple hours behind us while we're recording, but um, we will definitely talk about those reviews on Monday. However, in the meantime, Disney did release a handful of production photos. We will have a link in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com so you can see what the production looks like. Frozen will begin performances at Broadway's St. James Theater on February 22nd. James, word on the street has been a bit mixed with performances getting praised but the sets and the new songs being deemed underwhelming. Um, they kind of feel like they've tried to recreate the movie on stage and then took away some of the best parts of the movie in trying to adapt it. So, um, you know, obviously because Patty's in it, uh, we, we want the best for it, but we always want the best for everything, but especially because Patty's in it. Um, but I'm hoping that the reviews show that there's been some movement throughout the preview process in Denver. And then hopefully there's some more adjustments made before it comes to the St. James in the spring. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how this, um, how this shakes out because the, when it first went into previews, we saw a few little videos here and there. Uh, and uh, I was impressed by what I saw. So let's uh, see how they bring it into New York. And I can't imagine what the opening night party is going to be like. That could be fun. It's going to be lots of lots of uh, beverages on ice. But I'm changing. <laughs> What's up in the show and casting news? All right. Yesterday, the Broadway production of The Play That Goes Wrong announced that the Olivier-winning West End Company would play their final performances at Broadway's Lyceum Theater this Sunday and that a mostly new cast would begin next week. The new cast members will include Ashley Brandt, Clifton Duncan, Mark Evans, Alex Mandel, Harrison Unger, Preston Truman Boyd, Ned Noyes, uh, Ashley Reyes, and Katie Sexton. Current Broadway cast members Jonathan Fielding and Amelia McLean will step up into feature roles of Jonathan and Sandra, respectively. Can I ask also, you a question? You can, yes. Are they American actors? I don't recognize a lot of those names. Yes, a lot of them are um, American actors. Like Clifton Duncan was just yeah. in Assassins at City Center. Um, Mark, Mark Evans, Evans was... I know Mark, he, yeah. he, he was at, at, at Mary Poppins at Paper Mill here recently. Um, Alex Mandel was in Hand to God. Um, uh, Akron Watson, who was another cast member who's joining the show, was in The Color Purple. So uh, it does appear that most of them are uh, New York-based. Preston Truman Boyd was in Sunset Boulevard. Ned Noyes was in You Can't Take It With You. So it does seem that a lot of these are American. But like we said, that original company was the company that created the show, um, both in their performances and in a lot of them in writing it over in London. So it will be different to have an American cast doing this show. Make Broadway great again. <laughs> Just make, go to makebroadwaygreatagain.com. We tell That's you this right. every once in a while. Exactly. Show you where that redirects. All right. So yesterday, uh, we also learned that the Second Stage Theater Company had extended the off-Broadway – I don't know if this is – I don't know if we can call this a premiere because it's got a different title. But anyway, the off-Broadway production of Torch Song by two weeks through December 3rd. The production, which is directed by the great Moises Kaufman, begins previews on September 26th and will have an official opening on October 19th. The show features Michael Urie, Academy Award winner and Tony – or Academy Award winner and Tony winner Mercedes Rule, Jack DeFalco, who is just in Marvin's room, and more. James, with demand already this strong – and knowing that Torch Song Trilogy, which is what the name of the show was originally, went from being off-Broadway to Broadway, do you think that with a cast like this, that this has a chance to make a move to a commercial run this season or potentially to go to Second Stage's Helen Hayes Theater next season? Hmm. Well, I was going to say break out the spreadsheet, but the Hayes, that's interesting. 
Well, I mean, this is an off a second stage off Broadway yeah. production, mm-hmm. and so they could make they could make like Lincoln Center and just move things from move one off from their off Broadway. Yeah, it won't be upstairs, but um, but you know that's something that Second Stage hasn't had the ability to do before, and now that they've taken over and now renovated the Helen Hayes, and they're having Lobby Hero come in in the spring, I, you know we've often talked on this show and I know you guys have talked about it on this week on Broadway. Michael Yuri is a star and the fact that he has not had a breakthrough Broadway role. He's been on Broadway before in a couple different uh, roles, but he hasn't originated a, um, a role and kind of like shown through. I, I, you know, it could be a lot worse. The song or this, the torch song has a pretty beloved history on stages on and off Broadway in New York. So just put that in the back of your mind and, and maybe it'll happen down the road. So have you ever been to uh, second stage, the uh, off Broadway uh, in Midtown? I don't believe so off the top of my head. No. So it's actually upstairs. So you would actually, if going <laughs> to the haze, you'd move it downstairs to the larger <laughs> theater. Uh, all right. St. Anne, St. Anne's warehouse announces their upcoming season. Yes, James. Yesterday, Sanian's Warehouse announced their completely uh, across the Atlantic Ocean transfer season for 2017-2018. We already knew that the London transfer of the Olivier winning People, Places, and Things would kick off the season next month with Denise Guff reprising her Olivier winning role before she heads up to Broadway to star in Angels in America this spring. The other shows in the season include the American premiere of Enda Walsh's Bally Turk in January, the American premiere of a Berlin-based production called Returning of Rhymes in February, the American premiere, are you sensing a theme here, of the Baxter Theater Center's The Fall, that'll be in March, and then there'll be a two-night New York premiere concert of Rufus Wainwright's Northern Stars, where singer-songwriter Rufus Wainwright goes through some of his favorite singer-songwriters and tells stories and sings songs. Then we'll have an American premiere of a new adaptation of Aristophanes' The Birds, which, get this, James, will be performed in Greek with English subtitles. That's in May, so get those tickets now. That's going to be a tough ticket there. There are a few, and this is coming from someone who took Greek both in high school and college, Granted, I dropped it both times, but I took it for a while. Anyway, there are a few other productions mixed in, so if you want to check out those other ones, we will have a link in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. And now, James, with all the talk about the West Wing that we do here, yesterday we were talking about how Holbrook, you talk about the podcast all the time. This one is sure to be very exciting. As yesterday, the official press release went out announcing that Dulé Hill will be leading the new show Lights Out, Nat King Cole in Philadelphia this coming fall. Dulé will play the title role and he will be joined by Hamilton alum Daniel J. Watts, who will play Sammy Davis Jr. We've talked about this show before when it was having workshops at the Old Globe and at Vassar. Everything comes from Vassar. The show is created by actor and writer Coleman Domingo and Patricia McGregor, who also directs. John McDaniel is the musical director. No word on the McDL3s. The show will run at People's Light Theater in Philadelphia from October 11th through December 2nd of this year. Uh, James, this is something that I mean, the press release went out yesterday, but Dulé has been Instagramming from rehearsals uh, with with Daniel Watts for a while now. Uh, so I'm glad that this was officially announced and we got to know a few more details. If people just know Dulé from whether it's the West Wing or Psych, um, they might not know what an incredible dancer and singer he is, although he sang quite a bit on Psych. Um, he, he was on Broadway as a kid and then he was in After Midnight on Broadway here recently. So this is one that. I, 
I love everything about this show and I love Dulé. And this is another one. Just just bring it to New York. I don't care. We'll worry about getting a theater later. Just bring the sets, the costumes to New York, set down in Times Square. We'll figure out a theater to put it in later. That is really cool. I've never seen Dulé live and I'm hopefully uh, get to see him here in New York doing this. That'd be did awesome. You, did you not see him in After Midnight? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Mm. So, uh, but somebody I did see, Carmen Cusack and Bright Star is going to play San Francisco. Yeah, James, we already knew that Carmen would be reprising her Tony-nominated role in Bright Star this fall at Los Angeles' Amundsen Theater. Well, it was announced yesterday that after L.A., the show will be heading to San Francisco's Curran Theater for a holiday run from November 28th through December 17th. Uh, there's a lot of people in New York who love Bright Star and might be planning extra trips across country uh, to see this at some point. But sticking on the road, uh, this is the final story in this section, but it was announced yesterday that Mary-Kate Morrissey, Man, I feel bad for her. She has the unenviable task of replacing the incredible Jessica Vox, Vosk as Alphaba in the national tour of Wicked. Morrissey will take over the second half of the tour's stay in Cincinnati beginning on September 26th. But having seen Jessica, good luck to you. Good luck to you, Mary-Kate. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Morrissey had previously been the tour's Alphaba standby last year. So it's really cool that she's getting the opportunity to take over the role full time, James. We, we, we've often talked about how much we love seeing um, understudies go on and get promotions. So this is a really cool opportunity for her. Of course, like I said, I love Jessica Vosk and uh, not I don't love her as much as my mother does. But um, this is, a, you know, she's moving on. Get someone else in here who's been uh, kind of biding their time and should be a fun, fun time for Mary Kate. Have we seen any info on the uh, new project of the Vosk? No, she's got, um, you know, she's working on this album that she did the Kickstarter for with Robbie Rizzo, which you can still contribute to their stretch goal is to make up enough money to do a music video. So uh, go over and uh, find that Kickstarter. You can contribute to that. But I don't know what she's doing after that. I don't know. I know she's doing some concerts um, at some point with Robbie, but I, I don't know. I It seems a crime for her not to be in a, in a show. So hopefully she'll find one here soon. Awesome. Oh, I'm glad you threw this in here. PBS sets air dates for the Broadway favorites. Yeah, James, we've talked about this before. We knew that a lot of these shows, actually we knew that all of these shows would be happening. We just didn't know exactly when. But yesterday, PBS announced the dates for all of their Broadway-centric content to be aired on Friday nights this fall. It'll start with Roundabout's She Loves Me on October 20th. Then on the 27th, we will see live from Lincoln Center's production of Falsettos, followed by Great Performance's Present Laughter on November 3rd. Those are obviously the Broadway productions from this past season. Then we'll have an encore presentation of... The absolutely amazing In the Heights documentary called Chasing Broadway Dreams on November 10th. I love that. I have it on a VHS tape somewhere. So I'm glad that I'll actually be able to DVR it and watch it over and over again because uh, I really fell in love with – I already liked In the Heights when I watched it, but I really fell in love with everybody in it when I saw it. Then the following week, great performances will broadcast the recent Broadway production of Indecent on the 17th. Super excited to see that one. Then on the 24th, we will get Holiday Inn, also from Roundabout, and then finally an on core of the documentary Hamilton's America will air in December. James, that's a that's a pretty awesome lineup. And I think the partnership between Broadway HD and PBS has really benefited everybody, both Broadway HD and PBS, but also us um, as consumers, especially those of us outside the New York tri-state area. All right. And uh, next up, Lin-Manuel Miranda and John Leguizamo host Viva Broadway. 
Yeah. On Thursday, we learned that the Broadway League will kick off uh, Hispanic Heritage Month with a special Viva Broadway free outdoor celebration. This year's event will take place in Duffy Square on Friday, September 15th from 630 to 7 p.m. And from 630 to 730, sorry, and will be hosted by Lin-Manuel Miranda and John Leguizamo. The program will include special guest appearances and performances from current and past Broadway stars, including Anna Villafane and the cast of On Your Feet. Performers will also include Rodney Ingram from The Phantom of the Opera and Emma Falafel from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. In addition, Mandy Gonzalez will debut her upcoming single, Fearless, which was written for her by Lin-Manuel Miranda. The event coincides with Broadway Week, the semi-annual promotion that offers two-for-one tickets to participating Broadway shows. For more information about Viva Broadway, visit broadway.org slash info slash Viva Broadway or Viva-Broadway or just go to the notes uh, on broadwayradio.com and we'll have the link for you there. And don't forget, Broadway Week is two weeks. Yes, it's two weeks and twice a year. So it's four weeks a year? Yes, Broadway Week is four weeks a year. <laughs> and then you've got Off-Broadway Week, which is like, I think it's actually like six months. Well, I was just going to say, if, if Broadway Week is actually four weeks a year, we can call it Broadway Month, can't we? Uh, one would think. They're not consecutive, though. I mean, it's two weeks in the in the fall, two weeks in the winter. So it would be Broadway Disjointed Month. Oh, I, I forgot. Or that, Non-Sequential uh, Month. I forget that time is linear for you muggles. Mortals. <laughs> I've got a I've got a TARDIS. Time is nothing to me. All right. Uh, and the band's visit releases an entrancing new commercial. Yeah, James, I this 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 really isn't all that newsworthy, but I'm seeing the band's visit uh, on my trip in in November and I saw this the video of this new commercial they sent out yesterday. And I know very little about this show other than the boilerplate information that they send out in all their press releases and, you know, who's in it. But, man, was that, you know, commercial captivating. Katrina Link um, is, is is just looking uh, incredible and very uh, exciting in there. And then you've got Tony Shalhoub directing this music. I know very little about this show, but this may be even more excited to see it in November than I already was. So um, we'll have that in the show notes. Hopefully it sells some tickets, but uh, I'm super, super excited for this one. And it sounds like from everybody who saw it off Broadway that there's plenty of reason to be excited for it. All right. H- have you seen the new Hello Dolly commercial? I feel like this is a joke, but no, I have no, not. No, it's it's not a joke. It's it's um, a black screen with white type and a voiceover, and they say, I think it's, well, hello, Bernadette. Yes, hello, Bernadette. And then they make this allusion to, we'll miss Bet a lot, but it's Bernadette. And all the text is in white except for Bernadette and Bet. But it's very inside baseball. I don't think that anybody who is not already wildly aware of Hello, Dolly and Bernadette Peters and Bet Midler, I don't know if it brings in anybody else to... That sounds like a terrible commercial. That sounds like an awful commercial. Uh, That's what I was thinking. It was like I I wasn't sure if it was an awful commercial or if it was just so cutting edge that I had missed it. Let's see if if it's on uh, YouTube. Let me see. YouTube. You type faster than me. Uh, Uh, Hello. 
Dolly commercial. All right, let's see. And yeah, <laughs> this is Hello Dolly 2017 revival commercial. This was so boring. Rude needs to fire the marketing team. That's the first result I'm getting. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, interesting. All right. Uh, yeah, and um, also we should mention uh, a good listener of ours, Billy Squire, emailed us to uh, to tell us that uh, there, there was a great um, article in the Huffington Post on Hal Holbrook, and that we should throw them mm. in the show notes. And that uh, Matt was referring to a quote that Twain often said about. <laughs> <laughs> about himself and not anything about Hal Holbrook, but um, yes, but, Hal is in good health for a ninety-two-year-old. Yes. I didn't mean that to yes. insinuate that he wasn't. I just meant that's a Twain thing, you know. What's yeah, my it's a Twain thing. Great it's a Twain country. thing you wouldn't understand. Yeah, if you're not from the Midwest, if you're not from the Midwest like me, you don't get Twain. <laughs> my mother was born in Missouri, so uh, you know, I've got those connections. Uh, I see, Missouri, like Fifty Cent. All right. <laughs> So why don't you get us out of here? <laughs> Those two things are nothing alike. Anyway, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Matt and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And listen to On My Way to a BFA in this feed tomorrow. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. As Matt mentioned about all the stuff in the feed tomorrow, also jump over to Some Like a Pop and check that out. On Sunday, we have This Week on Broadway. We're talking to somebody. I can't remember who it is. So, uh, And then Matt and I will be back on Monday. We'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.